0: Welcome to the Peace Church D-Group Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Perry, the mobilization pastor and D-Group Leader at Peace Church. I'm here with Aaron Pierce, our multiplication pastor and leader of our discipleship ministry. This podcast is a resource to encourage, equip, and empower D-Group leaders to lead their D-Groups well. Welcome back to the Peace D Group Leaders podcast. This is episode 36. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how to connect with your group members. So this is important because we want our group members to connect well together to make the experience of our groups better. So knowing how to practically do that, it's going to help you make that possible. So since discipleship is relational, it's important we understand how to better connect with those in our group relationally to maximize the impact of the group experience for them all. So Aaron... What are some things that we can think through of how to connect with our group members?
1: So I think the first thing about why we talk about this is we've got to understand the importance of your relationship with the members of your group and how that builds trust. One of the things that's really tempting to do in any type of discipleship approach that you take is to turn it into kind of like... The foolproof method, right? So, just because I have a D group and we're meeting together, or whatever approach we might use, we think, well, this is going to make disciples, or they're going to open up because this is a D group. The truth is, though, like that's just not how relationships work. You can't program relationships. While we create these environments, ultimately it's the relationship that's going to cause people to open up, to share. And so, we need to understand going into it. The, the relationship you develop with your group members is really what's going to impact them beyond anything that you talk about. right? Like You even think back to, um, you and I actually talked about this, Brad, before, that when we think of the most influential teachers of our life, we normally aren't thinking primarily about what they taught us, but about how they personally influenced our life. A lot of that, again, goes back to the fact it's not that the content we learn wasn't important, but that relationship is what really drives um, that connection and that opportunity for people to invest. And so, because of that, when you get into a D group, you've got to understand just because you go through the material doesn't mean people are going to receive it. You have to allow for time to build a relationship uh, first so that you can develop the trust that is needed. So, that means you're going to ease into some of the questions and the practices of a D group. And the expectation is going to have to be that, hey, in the first few months, they may not open up that much. They may not be ready and that's okay because they need to know you, they need to know each other, knowing that it's safe, knowing that they can trust you and that's just how relationships work and so, um, that's a huge thing and, and if you try to rush too fast too quick without developing the relationship, you'll actually just create people who are walled off and it only is going to hinder your group. and so I say that at the front of this because we've you've got to make sure you understand how important that relational aspect is to your group in order for them to get the full effect of the investment in the discipleship and in that relationship and context.
0: we've talked about the importance of building trust in here before so we don't want to talk too much about that but, As I think about it, man, that's one of the critical things with your group if you really want to connect with them and how to build trust because you can destroy that trust really quickly. And I I think about this it wasn't a D group setting, but it was a personal relationship setting with someone in another church. And, And I just, you know, I shared a struggle, something I was going through. And, you know, I prefaced it look, man, just keep this between us. And, man, absolutely, you know, and I didn't even share fully. I was like kind of, you know, I didn't rush too deep too fast like you're saying there. I just kind of shared a little bit, you know, surface level of what the struggle was and and was like, hey, man, just keep this between us. Talk to the person and they say, hey, man, I talked to my pastor about it. And I was like, do what? (laughs) So in my mind, I'm going, okay, I can't share personal information with this person because, man, I can't really trust them. Yeah. No,
1: that's that's a great point, and why we're even bringing it up here, because those little things make a big difference. You may have people shut down because somebody else is talking in your group, and I know in a previous episode we talked about that being one of the things you need to deal with when you have problems in your yeah. group, but that's the reason is relationships are so key. So in light of that, how do you actually practically do that? Because For some of you, if you have a um, D group that's primarily out of your life group, this is a lot easier. You've probably already known them. You get to know them. You don't have to get to know them again. And so... Um, we've talked about that before on here and so that's why that's beneficial but for many of you you're leading groups where you haven't been in a live group or maybe you don't even know the person hardly at all that's um, been connected with your d group and so here's some things just to give you some practical tools on how to make this happen so one thing would be as much as possible try to spend time with group members outside of the d group and by as much as possible I don't mean like Every week, or like a crazy amount. What I'm saying is, make it a goal at some point in your D group, maybe especially in the first few months, that you try to maybe get up with the group members individually. So I I did a, I did this the first two groups I led. I honestly, the last group, I didn't do as good of a job being intentional with, and there was different reasons. But I saw the impact that that had. So like, there were times in my first D group where, and those guys were even primarily from my life group that I would like, hey, call up one of them say, hey, you want to grab lunch this week? And I would just spend time like hanging out with them, getting to know them. And it's funny because some of the things that um, they were a little bit more walled off on, they actually opened up and shared a little and then they brought it into the group. But again, I think a lot of that was because of that relationship. And if nothing else, it just allowed me to get to know them better. Um, plus, they kind of knew they could we could get along and, and hang out outside of group. It wasn't just all serious all the time. We could just... You know, talk about some other things about their life. And so uh, I think that's really important. And it's especially important for those people in your group that are struggling with something, whether it's a sin or just even a hard season of life. I think saying, hey man, would you want to grab lunch? Or if you've, you know, that girl in your group that's struggling, like, hey, would you want to grab breakfast or go out sometime or grab coffee? Whatever it looks like, I think that's a huge um, opportunity to be able to connect with them and and just get to know them better. Um, and so I would say, as much as possible, a practical way to do this would be try to find one-on-one time with your group members outside of group. Another idea would be once in a while, do something social together for your group meeting. So I am not advocating that, like every other week, you know, disregard your hear journals and just hang out. However, it's not a bad idea once in a while to simply do something like out of the ordinary. Maybe you guys grab a meal together, have them over to your house, whatever that looks like. But I think that's a that's an um, overlooked component of just building that relationship. And so there were times in my last D group, uh, happened five or six times throughout the 18 months we met, that we would just grab breakfast. And we would still, there would be some spiritual conversation, yeah. you know, accountability. But honestly, like, we just had a good time and ate breakfast. You know, we our group was meeting at six in the morning and so we would meet Um, before most places were open during the pandemic for breakfast. And so um, when we would do that, we would go at 6.30, make it a shorter meeting, and just hang out. Um, There have been times in my other groups, we went to Cracker Barrel on a Saturday morning together because that worked. And so um, I think doing stuff like that just allows those relationships to kind of flourish or build. And, And upon that, you can get to a place where people open up more, they trust you. And so it's just simple things like that again, one-on-one meetings or doing something social together as a group um, that can allow you to do this. And as part of that too, you can make spiritual components there in the social setting, but it's just amazing like when people get comfortable around you, how much more apt they are to share. And so just don't overlook the importance of that. And I'm curious, Brad, have you had times where you've met one-on-one with people outside your group or
0: um, even socially outside of the group with people that you were discipling at different times i was going to say a few things about this too one um i would say just not i mean food's great obviously but like if you've got uh, mutual hobbies like yeah dude let's go do it like i know you like to play disc golf and maybe it's like hey let's go play some disc golf together that's a good environment like i play real golf um and so (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry. they call it ball golf i'm like no it's just golf (laughs) you guys are creating your little disc golf uh, losers and so <laughs> I play the one that takes actual talent and skill and I'm just kidding <laughs> and uh but like that's like if you play golf like dude if you can get them on a the golf course four or five hours where, where you're together um that you can just kind of hang out or whatever it is man maybe it's just some pickup basketball or whatever I don't know it, like find a hobby that that you all have um and do that together and I think it's important for a few reasons one man as a d group leader it kind of just pulls you back from that, like, spiritual position of leading a, a Bible study group, and they're like, man, we can just be be normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think that that's also another benefit of it. It kind of drops that guard of, um, you know, of seeing that person just as your spiritual leader, but it's also like, okay, man, I can just be real with this dude. Like, he's just a, a normal guy. Like, I can love Jesus and still be a normal dude, you know. Yeah, th- those things aren't incompatible, right? <laughs> right. So, but, but, man, I've had some great—so, like, you know, I was working with a young person— um, in discipleship, and you know, he he likes to play golf. I was like, well, "Dude, let's go play golf together." You know, um, I enjoy golf. He enjoys golf, and that's, like I said, that's four or five hours where we can just chat. You know,
1: no, that's a great point. And in light of that, it's funny you bring that up. And by the way, just for you listening, in case it wasn't clear, disc golf is the coolest sport in the history of the world. I just want to say it's a true man sport and. As we Frisbee saying, golf is not cool. Oh, don't say frisbee golf. That's See the number one cardinal sin. See what sin. I'm saying?
0: It is not frisbee golf. It is disc golf, <laughs> sir. That's why I did that.
1: It is officially disc golf, so none of this froth mess, okay? We're just gonna be clear. <laughs> uh, but it is funny you bring that up because yeah. literally right now, um, like this week, I reached out to a guy I've been putting together, been praying about who my next D group is gonna be, and there's a guy that God has put in my heart, and ironically, like, I reached out to him and he's agreed to do the... Uh, to be in my next d group but um he's asked like hey you've talked about disc golf before Um, i'd be interested in playing with you and so if i'm going to use that as a way just to get to know him better before we ever even start the group and but like you said just finding hobbies and things i think those social relational opportunities outside of the group are so important that deepens your group so don't look at as you're taking away from it look at it as it actually enhances the group experience Because again, discipleship is doing life with people, which encompasses more than one hour of Bible study. It's all of you. And so the more you let them in and the more you get to do stuff together, the greater opportunities you have to speak into their life. And something we haven't really alluded to this before one of the limitations of only seeing them one hour a week is you only see potentially their best hour or A part of them, right? So they may be great with you in your setting, but what are they like with their spouse? What are they like with their kids? What are they like when they're competitive and things don't go well, right? I mean, that's all discipleship. Mm -hmm. When
0: you're on the disc golf course or as Brad would say, the real golf course. Oh, you 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 see true character. Exactly. You hit a bad shot, they start slinging cl- clubs, and you're like, okay, <laughs> we, we got some things to, to work through. And you're like, wait, you're the guy or the girl who was doing all five year journals,
1: and now like you're cussing on the course, like, or you treat your employees terrible. You know, like mm-hmm. honestly, seeing people in real life situations helps broaden how you can speak into the life as well. Not that
0: you hang out with them to look for bad things, right. so Don't hear us say yeah. that. Like another one, man. Um, another person I disciple. Like we were both into fitness, and so that's what we would do. It's like, man, let's let's work out, and then after we work out, man, let's just chat, and and we would go through accountability questions and stuff like that after after the workout. So yeah, just man, just find the things you guys have in common, or exactly. your ladies have in common. Absolutely, and all of this
1: again works together to build that relationship. So the last practical thing I'd say to how to better connect with your group members would be when your group comes to an end do something together to celebrate. I have to admit in saying this, I have not done this yet with any of the groups I led. I actually hypocrite. recently yeah, I don't want so I'm prefacing that so I don't sound like a hypocrite. I recently talked to some friends of mine that lead discipleship groups and things like that and they've shared some stories from this. Man, it's so cool. Like what they would do is they would actually get the members of their group together along with their spouses um, and they would have them over for supper, do like a big cookout, and then they would actually set everybody down in the room and let them share like what was their biggest takeaway from that in front of everybody. Yeah, I've never done anything like that. So it's, uh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, and it f- does a couple things where one, it's kind of it gives you a good finality to the group, like, hey, w- we've done this, you've stuck it out, you've you've done all these practices for a year or longer. And it also invites the spouse in to kind of see and hear from everybody else. And it's just a cool moment, right? Like when spouses can get together in the room like that and just see what their husband or wife have been doing. That's really cool. And so um, just an idea, again, I haven't done this, so I can't vouch for it, but I've seen it and it sounds like it'd be awesome. So if it's not a great idea, you can just tell me and uh, it was a terrible idea when you actually try it. But um, with that said, one other thing um, just to mention in preface to remember the depth at which you're willing to invest in them relationally is going to be the depth they're going to reciprocate. If you treat this as just a checklist to get through to say, hey, I made a disciple because I led a D group meeting this week that's how they're going to feel but if they know you care for them you're texting them you're calling them when things go bad you're you're in their life for more than that hour then you're going to see that relationship reciprocate and deepen your group and again don't underestimate the importance of connecting with them and developing that relationship because again discipleship is not a program it's not about a d-group specifically it's about investing in people and that takes relationships and so through that you can ultimately see disciples made but don't ever
0: think it's just the study and not relational excellent thank you aaron Uh, that was episode 36 uh some ways that you can connect uh with your group members thank you all for listening until next time we out